Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Making It EV, your podcast about EVs. Uh, with you today, got Bernsey and myself, Nina, and Joel is there in the background as well. Uh, but it's mostly a Bernsey Nina show today, isn't it? Uh, so we recently sat down with Seb, who we've spoken to before on the podcast, and he also moonlights as a bit of a home energy specialist. And we thought he was a perfect person to chat to to explain what kilowatts are and why it's important to understand when you are choosing an EV. Uh, now, Bernsey, as, as someone who doesn't know these things, why are kilowatts important in the, the whole EV space? Like, why do we want to learn about this? It's very important because it essentially becomes the kind of core ingredient to understanding the capacity of your EV and also how to charge that capacity. So obviously it's all based on electrons, you know, being electricity, but uh, where kilowatts essentially becomes the terminology in which you measure the capacity of your EV. You'll often hear when you start shopping around for EVs is that the EV battery will often be judged based on its kilowatt hours. And the difference between a kilowatt and a kilowatt hours, and then also when you start to entangle that with different charges that have different types of capacities uh, for how quickly it can charge something, all of these terminologies become really important because it means that you avoid getting lost in the tech speak. Uh, you avoid feeling embarrassed because you don't actually know what that means. Um, and so that's why I think it's really important to get someone like Seb, who's an expert in this space, not only in EVs, but he's also an expert um, in home energy. Um, so he understands if you are electrifying your home, what kilowatts mean, kilowatt hours, and all those things. It all adds up to what it means to have a more of a, an electric focused lifestyle. Mm. I think you were saying before, uh, really the most important thing when choosing an EV is essentially that that battery capacity. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what you're buying. You're buying it. You're buying a really, really good battery as an EV. And the majority of the value of that EV is wound up in that battery. Mm. So it's, it's primarily the asset that you are purchasing is the battery. And so if if you are going in, just like you may go in to get a combustion engine car and the difference between a V6 or a V8 or a certain amount of capacity a, a fuel tank can hold, all of these things uh, kind of marry up and, and becomes your criteria as to which car you get. It is the same thing, but this time in this case of an EV. And to kind of build on that, both the capacity and therefore how long it can drive for and the whatever degree of range anxiety you might be coming at to this with. Um, but also it means that you need to also judge how it needs to be charged. So just like if you were to fill up a car and it's got a certain capacity of, of litres that it can hold in a tank, um, you also need to have an understanding around, well, how do I charge this EV given what its capacity is, how it is charged... Um, and 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 the like, mm. like that. So, so many questions. So there you go. Let's uh, let's take a listen to our chat with Seb. All right, here we are. Hi, Seb. How are you going? Good, thanks, Scott. How are you? Yeah, great. Yeah, excellent. And we've also got Nina here. Hey, Nina. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. So today we're going to talk all about kilowatts. So we're going to start it off with Seb. What is a kilowatt? 
Ah, very good questions. So in practical terms, a kilowatt is really just a way of measuring energy, or it's the unit that we measure energy by. Actually, to be precise, is more how you measure power. So in a home, for example, a toaster is going to use two kilowatts of power, but kilowatt hours is a different story. We'll need to look at at both in terms of electric cars. Yeah, I mean, that's a good little segue there because I fall over a little bit when I hear that that term kilowatt hours when it relates to an EV. Um, Mm. You kind of hear it a lot more when it comes to charging, but it also that is that kind of overarching label used on the different types of batteries or, or like different EVs have, you know, a certain type of battery and they often class them based on the kilowatt hours, right? Yeah. So what's the difference between a kilowatt and then a kilowatt hour? So a kilowatt is a measure of power and a kilowatt hour is a measure of energy. To try and clarify it, power is what you need at one point in time. So, for example, when you're charging an electric vehicle and you plug it into just a normal power point, it will be drawing two kilowatts of power, right? And the same when you turn on the kettle or the toaster, they're also around two kilowatts. That's how much power they need at a point in time. But kilowatt hours is what happens if you are charging your car for an hour with two kilowatts, you will have two kilowatt hours of energy put into your vehicle. Right. And it's the same with uh, a battery at home. If you had a you know a home solar battery set up, um, if you put three kilowatts of power into the battery for one hour, you will be storing three kilowatt hours of energy. So it's a unit of energy, but it's it requires time. There's a time factor. Does that mean that if you have two kilowatt hours of battery in your EV, you can drive it for two hours? No. No, that no. has nothing to do with that. Yeah, there's <laughs> quite, quite a leap there. So it's quite abstract at that point in time. So... If you just know how many kilowatt hours are in there, it doesn't really mean anything to you until you convert it into kilometres. And that's a whole other kettle of fish. But if we start by understanding what a kilowatt hour is, then we can translate it into what it means for you as a driver in terms of charging and also in terms of range. It's all relevant to those things. And it's a good topic that you guys have raised because... A lot of people jump in an EV for the first time or even they've been driving one for a year and the reason they run into issues is they don't really understand the background and they're, they're relying some often on the car to tell them this is how much range you've got left, this is how much is percentage is left in the battery and that can work well a lot of the time but in certain circumstances it helps to have a deeper knowledge of the energy requirements of, of an electric car. But probably actually I'll go a little bit further with explaining the kilowatt hours. So in terms of your household, back in the day when we had incandescent light bulbs, we sort of understood kilowatts and watts a bit better because you know how every light bulb had 60 watts written on it or 100 watts. Yeah. And we knew that, you know, a bright light in a kitchen is going to probably be 100 watts or a dim light is 60. So that's how much power they required to light up. 
So when you're charging an EV from a power point at home, it requires 2,000 watts in order to charge. If you're charging from a fast charger, it's drawing 50, say, kilowatts. If it's a 50 kilowatt charger, that means it's drawing from the electricity grid 50 kilowatts of power. So 25 times more than your power point at home. So so when someone is looking to buy an EV and they're looking at some of those specs, would that come into play if you're comparing different vehicles where this has two kilowatts per hour, this is a four kilowatt per hour car, or, or not even? Like that's not something that you can compare with different models. What you can compare is the next the next step from this, and this is also something that a lot of people don't realise, is that not all EVs are made equal. So it's true that they all have zero carbon emissions, so they're all equal and great in that respect. But just like a combustion vehicle, they vary dramatically in how efficient they are. And one brand will be a lot more efficient or one model than another. And it's not even the brands of cars, but the models. So things like the weight of the car, the aerodynamicness of it will impact on its um, efficiency. And so, you know, with cars, we often talk about um, the fuel efficiency and it's with new cars, it's, it's actually they've got a sticker. Uh, so the fuel efficiency of a car you know, is seven litres per 100 kilometres. We know that's how much petrol it needs to get 100 kilometres. And, you know, some big SUV Hummer type vehicle is going to need 12 litres per 100 kilometres. So exactly the same principle applies to electric vehicles, but it's not something that a lot of people look at. A Nissan Leaf, for example, uses 17 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometres. And I don't know many other examples, but some, some of the larger SUV style electric vehicles are more around the 22, 20 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometres. So you don't really need to know how much energy that is, but it, you know you might charge the same vehicle, put twenty kilowatt hours of energy into the into two vehicles. One will get you hundred kilometers. One will get you one hundred and fifty kilometers. So, so a lower number is more energy efficient. Yeah, it's the same as the fuel analogy because the, you need less of something to get you hundred kilometers. So it's actually like a liter of petrol is basically like the potential energy inside of that liter for a certain car gets you a certain distance. Yeah. The same with a kilowatt hour, depending on where you put that energy, it can get you a certain distance. Yeah. yeah. And so now like, and I was kind of tripping up because I actually like what you were saying about uh, like power versus energy, whereas power is what you need in that moment. So that light bulb, like a light bulb has to come on instantly, right? And that's just, it's drawing energy instantly at a certain amount. But when you talk about kilowatt hours, you're actually, it's drawing energy, but you're talking about storing energy. And is that is that where the kind of hour part comes on? Just like you have a litre in, in yeah. the amount of petrol, an hour or kilowatt hour is kind of like a litre. Yeah, it's it's more, it's a more substantive measure. It's a measure of, of energy which can be stored, whereas power is something which is used in, in a moment, in an instant. Yeah, that's right. Even a home battery, it might, you might store 40 kilowatt hours of energy in your home battery and then it can disperse that energy at a particular rate. And so some home batteries 
can put out five kilowatts of power so you can run your hot water system and your heater and whatever, and then another battery can only put out 500 watts. So it's more limited in how much power it can draw from, from that same body of energy. Right. And electric vehicles also do draw power. But the important thing for the, for the point of charging and range is understanding how much energy is in that battery. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's maybe talk about that a bit more because range is a really common topic. When it comes to translating kilowatt hours into, I guess, the range, you touched on it earlier that some cars only can last or only as efficient as, say, comparable to others. You know, smaller cars, more aerodynamic can go further, bigger, chunkier, that it maybe have more wind resistance or they need more energy to to go the distance. How, from a layperson's, if you look at it, just the numbers of associated with different EVs and different cars, how do you meant to know which is better or which is worse? Well, if you want to compare them, as Ian was talking about um, what numbers do you look for, you can, there's databases online where you can look up any electric vehicle and it will give you those statistics or those figures. And it will even give you, you know, what is the efficiency in cold weather? Because there's other variables here that don't affect petrol cars. Like in cold weather, um, electric car will use more energy than mm. in hot weather. And so some of these websites will, will run you through all the different uh, specs according to the circumstances. But they also give you a real-world range figure, which is like an averaged figure, which you can compare directly between Okay, vehicles. so it would, I guess, if we know we're looking out for it, mm. kind of understand that there's some that are more efficient than others. The only other consideration there would be appreciating what is an efficient electric vehicle versus an inefficient one. And I... I found an interesting article on that topic of what's the threshold? What would you class as efficient? And as I was looking at what the averages are and what some of the smaller cars do, and its conclusion was that anything below 20 kilowatt hours a litre is quite efficient and anything above isn't. But then, you know, if you need a van to do your work or you want an electric van to, to travel around Australia, that's your purpose then you may well be willing to compromise some of that efficiency. So as I was saying, the range and this efficiency are totally interrelated and that's mostly what we look at. We go, oh, what's the range of this model? And so the range is directly related to how efficient it is. You know, mathematically, if you know that this car does 17 kilowatt hours per 100 then all you, then, and you know it's a 50 kilowatt hour battery, if you go 50 divided by 17, that'll tell you how many hundreds of kilometres it will go before it's flat. What's becoming clear is, you know, shopping for an EV, you really have to be somewhat tech literate or just in the sense of spec literate. I mean, when, when you look at, for example, buying like a MacBook computer and you kind of know what you're looking for, what you need, you can start comparing. How much RAM do I need? What's the size of the graphics card? What's the screen resolution? Blah, 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 blah. But if you have no idea, you wouldn't even know where to start to choose a laptop. You'd be like, it's it's a laptop. You would ask the Apple person, point me to the thing that'll help me achieve what I need to. So it seems similar to EVs where you're either going to spend a lot of time doing your own research, looking up those websites and trying to unpack it, or you trust the salesperson, I guess, or you go through like a third party 
that kind of acts as an EV broker that'll help you sort of on that buying journey. I mean, that's that's sort of is the situation at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and ultimately, like, I don't want to overcomplicate it because you can get really caught up in these specs. But in, in reality, what I say, and it's the same with energy efficiency in, in people's homes, I, you know, if people's eyes start glazing over when you start using too many figures, too many numbers, I just go, look, the important thing is range. Just consider what, what do you need for a car and consider what are your criteria for range? What's your daily commute? How often will you need to drive 800 kilometres, you know? Do you really need a car that, that goes 800 kilometres with one tank, so to speak? So you can just focus on range. You don't have to go trying to find out what the efficiency rating of the car is. The range will, will tell it for you. Um, but the point I was making at the beginning that it does help to know some of this stuff is more around charging and knowing when you get in a situation where, uh, let's say, you're running out of charge and you pull into a charging station and you're trying to work out how long do I have to charge for to get me home or wherever, then that's when knowing some of this information would be invaluable. Well, let's let's maybe do a bit of a scenario here just to help us like understand that. You know, can, could you maybe walk us through what might be a typical um, situation, like you just explained, like as you enter the charging station, what are the kind of thoughts or at least the things you might go through in order to understand what action you need to take? Yeah, for sure. I've actually got a couple of real-life examples because I've had a couple of times where friends have rung me running out of charge, panicking <laughs> and not knowing what, what to do. What do I do? do? <laughs> yeah, this is great. Yeah, tell us what within the realm of anonymity, but um, yeah, like yeah, like what happened? <laughs> um, so in this one example, they were driving down the highway the car was saying they had 20% battery left. They weren't used to driving an EV. They were borrowing it at the time. So you think it's hard to comprehend until you've had a good amount of experience with a particular car, what does 20% represent? The car will also tell you, I'm pretty sure most EVs now will, will give you a range. Like they tell you, you have, let's say in this case, 60 kilometres left before you're going to run out of battery. Worst comes to worst, you just listen to that and you just go, okay, that's how much I've got left. The only issue with, with the, the range predictions of an EV is the same with a petrol car, is they base it on how you've been driving for the last three or four kilometres. So I've had cases with an EV where um, I'm driving around the suburbs, um, not driving very fast, and it, it'll tell me you've got 220 kilometres range. Then I get up on the highway, start going 110, no regenerative braking, and the range drops to like 180 kilometres, right? So that's something that's you've got to keep in mind. And um, if you're changing your driving style or even you're on the highway and all of a sudden you get into a um, traffic jam, your range is going to change, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. The same applies when you're charging. So this person pulled over... Um, they found a charge. They just Googled EV charger. They didn't really know how to use plug share or anything. They went to the charger and they plugged it in. But unfortunately, it was a what we call a type 2 charger, which 
isn't much faster than plugging in at home. They couldn't work out how long they were going to need to stay there to get home. In this example, it was a, it was a three kilowatt charger, right, which you often get in shopping centres and supermarkets, things like that. And they had a, they had a 30 kilowatt hour battery, okay? So I know that in one hour, that charger will only put three kilowatt hours of charge into the battery. So three out of 30 is 10%. So it'll only increase the charge of the battery by 10% with one hour of charging. And so the next calculation I had to do is, well, how far is that going to get them? Three kilowatt hours, how far will that get them? You know, so most EVs that with an average efficiency, one kilowatt hour is equivalent to about six kilometres of range. So if she puts in three kilowatt hours of charge, times that by six is 18 kilometres. So I knew, I was told her, every hour, you're only adding 18 kilometres of range. And she had to drive about 55 kilometres. So she would have had to stay there for four hours. Oh. Yeah. And that happens. It happens quite a bit um, if they're not researched and they don't know how to use PlugShare and find, find a fast charger nearby in, in this instance. So th- that's what I did. I got on PlugShare and searched where she was and said, oh, you've got a fast charger two kilometres away, go there and you'll be charging 20 times faster than where you are now and you'll only need to stay there for an hour and a half and you'll get home. Wow. There you go. Is That could just be like a, a maybe like a common mistake. Is it that they automatically believe all plugs are the same or like all yeah. charges are the equal? Yeah. And, and maybe maybe that's kind of where that hurdle that we jump over is that you know, let's say if we've got a combustion engine car and you go to a petrol station, it's not like a different petrol station will have a different, you know, mm. speed of fuel that you can fill your car up with. It's all the same. It all it all flows out of a nozzle at the same rate. But when it comes to kilowatts and kilowatt hours and your battery, the rate at which you are putting energy into your battery or storing that energy can vary really dramatically based on, what you're using right absolutely you know i understand that's totally overwhelming when people first hear it and it is a learning curve but it doesn't take long once you get to know your car how long you will get like even to know that i've got 30 percent battery i will get to the town my neighboring town and back no problem with 30 percent. you get to learn in practical means what the percentage means without having to do all this maths in your head. Like, yeah, I understand not everyone's like me and drives along calculating how many kilometers range I've got per kilowatt hour. And you don't have to, you know, but it just sometimes it helps when you get stuck. You pull up for that fast charger, it tells you how much percentage battery you have. Well, the, the fast chargers do, the slow chargers don't, they don't tell you anything. But it'll tell you, oh, you put 12 kilowatt hours into your car and you go, well, how many kilometres is that? So the only way you can tell is you turn the car on and the range will have changed. But, you know, you have to be careful with that. But like I said, you know, don't trust it totally because of the, the change in driving styles. So the best thing to do then is to know that your car does six kilometres per kilowatt hour 
and then it's not a very difficult bit of maths to, to go how much you've added to at home. Right. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I find um, parallels to like your phone where you sort of, you can, you know what 20, how long 20% will last you or 10% yeah. will last, whether it's around the block or, you know, another hour or this conversation. Like I'm terrible because I have quite an old iPhone and I'm constantly stressing everyone out with my lack of battery. Like I'm always on the last sliver, but I'm like, but I know what that sliver means. Like to them, it's anxiety inducing because they think it's going to end any moment. But I know the sliver to me means I've got a good half an hour available on that phone so i'm i'm not stressed out so it's 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 kind of that similar idea of you get to know your little bit of tech and how it operates and it's sort of quirks and personalities and then you can sort of trust the the numbers that it's giving you and what you can do with it exactly and you just try not to run out of battery while you're learning that (laughs) but you can also play it safe like another example i give with long distance ev driving I don't know if you've talked about it yet, but there's an app called uh, A Better Route Planner and it's designed for EVs. So if I was driving to Sydney from Byron Bay, I'd tell it that's where I want to go. This is the type of car I have. And it calculates exactly where you need to charge. And it tells you when you stop at this charger, you will be at 20% and you will need to be there for 20 minutes and you will get to 80% and then you can go to this place and it keeps going. Wow. So it's really useful, and I, I've actually done a, that same trip using that um, app. So, But one of the things about that is you can decide how much, of your, how much of a risk appetite you have. So when I did that trip, I said, for example, I don't want to arrive at a charger with any less than 20%. I don't want to arrive on 5% and be really stressed. So I told the app. 20% is my, my bottom line, and it made sure I always arrived with a charger with 20%. Where someone else might go, no, 10%, I want to get further on each charge and, and I might only have to stop three times instead of four times, and I'm willing to take that risk, and it will just recalculate accordingly. Yeah, nice. Well, we'll put that a link to that, to that app in the episode notes for anybody who wants to check it out the anxiety in that range anxiety, right? Like it's everybody is trying to avoid that situation where you need to call up that person and not know what, what do I do here? I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm just going to break down. Yeah. If you said like, I don't like the idea of running out of petrol, so I'm always going to fill up before the light comes on. Yeah. Or very soon after the light comes on, even though I know I've probably got 50 kilometres once the light comes on, I'm going to always fill up. And the only difference with an EV at this point in time is sometimes it might be uh, a, a, it might be 30 kilometres to the next fast charger and then you have to decide, you know, am I going to take that risk and, and just have 20 kilometres left or do I go to a slow charger that's 10, only 10 kilometres away and sit around for a couple of hours getting that extra extra juice <laughs> yeah, I guess, like you said, this point in time, right, with there's the amount of charges out there, which ones do what, and it's obviously a kind of a slow journey to becoming a bit more reliable, but something that needs to be considered at this point in time. I think we're, we're just about out of time, but maybe what would be good just to finish on uh, is if you've got any kind of almost shortcuts to just think about these things in a way, in a shorthand, so it's a bit 
more accessible and something that you don't really need to be overwhelmed with. Oh God, got to get the calculator out. Is there, is there anything that you can, any tips you could share? Yeah, well, there's one more which might still be complicated for people, but it, it's a pretty good guide. If you go to say a 50 kilowatt charger, it'll give you an extra 50 kilometers per 10 minutes. So in other words, if you know the speed of the charger, that's how many kilometres it will add to your car's range every 10 minutes. Right. So it's a little bit complicated to start, but after a while you get used to it. So if you're at home and you're on a, just on a PowerPoint, which you know is two kilowatts, you're adding two kilometres per 10 minutes. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's it's almost kind of- just like a real kind of basic math equation there where it's mm-hmm. like the amount of kilowatts that that charger is doing, it will give you that amount of range in kilometres mm-hmm. every 10 minutes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you could then times that by six and find out how many kilometres it will give you in an hour. Yep. But it, to keep it simpler, it's that many kilometres in 10 minutes. That's a much simpler way to think about it, actually. Yeah, and that pretty much works for most cars. I mean, there is that efficiency variable that we talked about at the beginning. Um, and some, you know, some cars might be realistically more like 12 minutes instead of 10 minutes. Um, but, you, you know, you learn that for, depending on what car you, you had. The, the car I drove long distance to Sydney was actually a large, heavy van, electric van. It only had a range of 150 kilometres on the highway. And, yeah, I had to stop like five times, but it was fine. Like I was stopping every hour and a half, which is a healthy thing to do. And for 20 minutes at these ultra-fast charges, it was charging at 100 kilowatts. So that's how many kilometres would that add in 10 minutes? 100. <laughs> Yay. So that's a lot. That's heaps. Yeah. yeah. 10 minutes. I was like hadn't finished my coffee and I was up to 90% charge and had to get back in and go again. Yeah, right. I feel like um, all this charging will separate people into, you know, the ones who go to the airport four hours before the flight and the people who are like, no, I'll make it, I'll make it. Yeah. Those people are like a really like high risk appetite and they're just yeah. like, oh, it'll be right. And then, then all of a sudden oh they're like God. breaking down like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be stuck with this type 2 charger for the next four hours just to get, yeah. out, get out of the driveway. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. The people who are good planners – uh, really do well with EVs at this point in time. Like when there's a far in the future, when there's fast charges every twenty kilometers, it won't be so much of an issue. Yeah. Remind me not to get one yet, then. <laughs> <laughs> or just get a one with a good range and don't go long distances. <laughs> well, great. Well, Seb, this has been very enlightening. Um, definitely, I feel like many light bulbs in my mind have uh, gone off talking about kilowatts. But no, I mean, I really appreciate your time and, and talking us through this. It's definitely been um, a lot clearer than, say, at the beginning of our chat. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's not an, it's not an easy topic to get your head around, but it's, it's useful for a lot of things, you know, in your house and understanding your energy bill, you know, what is a kilowatt hour. It's all useful information. And it might be good just to leave, leave um, the rest of the listeners on with that, you know, your, your day job, you know, the, the way you actually kind of services you provide are, you know, obviously within the realm of, of energy, but predominantly within the home as well, right? Yeah, so my main job is a home energy advisor, 
So helping people lower their energy consumption and thereby their carbon and energy footprint of their house. But as you as you may mention in, in episode three, um, once you have an electric car, that's 69% of your total energy consumption for the house, which is why I've needed to branch into EVs because once people start having EVs, that's a really huge part of their energy consumption. And if they've got solar panels and, and other appliances in their house, they need to manage them along with the EV to get the best benefit so that their, their carbon footprint doesn't go up and their energy bills don't go through the roof. Mm. Oh, this sounds like, a, sounds like a great little topic for another episode, Sam. We might, might we get to back on to kind of really unpack that a bit more because it sounds complicated. It's an important thing to, to consider, I think, especially if people are environmentally motivated and a lot of that's the reason people are getting EVs then you want to make sure you charge it in such a way that you're having the best environmental impact because it's not a totally a get-out-of-jail-free card and there's definitely ways of doing it that have much better environmental impacts than others. Where, where you get your energy from, it's the same with your house. You can get it from someone that's giving you renewable energy or a coal power station. Yeah. If you're charging your EV with coal power, it's still better than a petrol car but it, it totally changes the equation. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it's all an equation. It's all about mm. the different ways in which you, you live. There's, there's a bit to consider and, and there's good strategies for managing it so that we can really get best benefit out of having an electric vehicle, environmentally and financially. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That was our chat with Seb Krangle, uh, who is a home energy advisor. You can check out his website, homeenergyadvisor.com.au, and he took us through all the tech specs of kilowatts and EV battery charging capacity. Uh, As always, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone who will find it interesting. And a massive, massive shout-out and thank you to uh, Forbes Street Studios where we record this podcast. And, of course, thanks to the team and especially Anthony, who is the recording king and keeps us all in check during uh, those sessions. So thanks, everyone. You can go to ForbesStreetStudios.com to find out more. And our website, makingitev.com. And please do follow us on Instagram for more content, making underscore it underscore ev. Thanks, everyone, and happy driving. Mm -hmm.